0: Hello and welcome to Another Way. I'm your host and facilitator, Matt Defina. Here on the podcast, we will explore how you can stop following the script that society has given you and start to create your own. My intention is to stoke your inner fire, expand the possibilities of what your life could look like and help us shift the paradigm for what it means to live a meaningful life. On the podcast, we'll explore ideas and meet pioneers that are challenging the status quo and ultimately help you and me find another way. Before we start, I would also like to acknowledge that this episode was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and express my hope and desire for us to heal our relationship with this land and with its original custodians.
1: I'm barely ever regulated. No wonder so many things in my life have gone wrong, like, you know, communication with people, relationships, situations, and it's so liberating to be like, oh, it's not because I'm just crazy. It's just that my body didn't know what it felt like to be safe. My body didn't know what it felt like to be regulated, and now I get to give it that love.
0: Hello, everyone. This week on the podcast, I have Julia Vogel, who is an Australian journalist and video communication coach. Now, I came into working with Jules last year as she mentored me through establishing myself online, how to show up authentically online, and this conversation was jam-packed, so I'm so excited to share it with you, as I always am. Um, her credentials include working for Australian primetime TV shows like The Project on Channel 10, Channel 9, Hoyts and Foxtel, and she's worked across Australia and the UK and in Indonesia in the last 10 years. Jules has interviewed... Hollywood A-listers. We are talking serious Hollywood stars. Um, in the podcast, she talks about meeting Cher in Paris, Okay, interviewing Harrison Ford and Ryan Reynolds in Berlin. Not bad. And uh, she's honestly spoken to pretty much every Hollywood A-lister that I know of. So we talk about what stood out to her with the, meeting those people, but we also talk about what does it take to shop authentically online and how do you regulate your nervous system? How do you grow as your business grows? And Jules, as you'll get to know very quickly, she is super smart, super switched on, um, but she's also super caring and connected to her heart. She loves bright popping colors and has a true dedication to bringing out the real in all all those that she meets. One of her favorite words is to be iconic, and we talk about what iconic means. And her unique personality and willingness to turn her flaws into her flair. Oh, how good is this that I'm reading right now? Um, have been her edge in standing out from the saturated market that is social media. Um, Jules is currently based in Melbourne, uh, but she has previously lived in Bali and she's running online programs for confidence on camera um, and also in-person public speaking workshops, which she mentions in the um, episode. And Jules had heaps of fun recording this. There was a lot of value that we both got from the conversation as well. Jules is one of those people that I just so innately trust with guidance and support. She's someone I turn to when it comes to business and also friendship advice. Uh, Her and I were lucky enough to also hang out at Burning Man together last year. Um, I did one of her courses last year, Show Up Glow Up. So yeah, I just think this is gonna be a really juicy conversation and definitely listen if you're looking to show up more authentically online. um, Also, or you're just looking to meet someone that has been through some serious mental health challenges and has come out the other side, uh, not just stronger, but well, stronger for it, let's be honest. Um, She's established a business based off of everything she's been through. So enough talking from me. Enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I've got Julia Vogel, uh, ex-TV extraordinaire, ex-all the things. I want to ask you about all the famous people you've spoken to, but we're also going to talk about uh, the work that you do some of the memories we've shared together as well, uh, which in a short time have been pretty amazing. Um, but first of all, just want to say it's <laughs> so good to be sitting across the couch from you today in your house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you here and I'm thrilled to be talking to you. This is epic um, seeing you flourish and create this podcast, um, providing so much value to people. It's just epic. Mm. It's amazing.
0: Mm. Thanks. And you've played a big role in that. You know. I was going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks
1: to no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. No,
0: thanks to Julia because it was uh, it was it was March or April last year, and I think you put something out on Instagram, and I was like, "Who's I, I know I know of this person? She's in my network, but I didn't know really know what you do." Mm-hmm. And I saw you put some stuff out about having more confidence on camera, um, building your brand. And I was like, "Well, I want those things," mm-hmm. and so I reached out to you, and you said, "Look, let's get on a call." And I shared where you are, I was out having just left my job and starting another way. And you said, look, I've got this program, Show Up Glow Up. Uh, it's not being released to the public. It's for new business owners and entrepreneurs. I think you'd be perfect for it. It's 10 weeks. And I gave it a day or two and then I said yes. And then I remember the first week's content and it was, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be confident on camera. And then the, the first week's content was like six videos. And like detailed modules, and it was like, "Why are you doing this?" Um, <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> and straight away we went into this this idea of, well, if you're going to have confidence on camera, you need to be connected to your why. You need to have confidence in that why. And I remember straight straight away I realised that this was not just going to be another program. It, we were going to go deep, and we were going to really get to the core of things, which I loved.
1: How funny is that? You know, it, and that's so true. Uh, often people sign up to work with me and, you know, ultimately what they're wanting is, is to be confident on camera. They're wanting to cultivate that. They're wanting to be seen. They're wanting to move through the, the feelings of what it's like um, when you're sharing yourself um, with the world and um, really like becoming quite exposed, mm. right? But it's like, how do we get there? And it's this self-assurance building process. And um, often people are quite um, resistant to the start of the process, I find. They're kind of like, I don't really get why we're doing this. I'm like, but believe me, this is the foundations. And we need to do this first before we can do anything else. Um, and so, you know, I'm really glad that you, you took that seriously. <laughs> no, I, I, and look, no, at, and look can, at this. I yeah. mean, look at, look at what you've, you've created. It was a worthwhile pursuit.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. So uh, there's so many different threads we can pull on for this conversation. Like it's it's kind of hard for both of us because we just know.
1: <laughs> this is going to be a so four-hour body. <laughs> four-hour <laughs> body.
0: yeah. Hang in there, people. We're just getting started. Um, can you talk more, before we go into like the philosophical conversation around social media, confidence and camera, everything that I know you know really well, mm-hmm. can you share just a bit more about your journey? Like, How did you get to be doing this work mm-hmm. and- who's the most famous person that you've ever spoken to and what did you laugh about them like I definitely want to go there as well
1: <laughs> oh cool okay well I'll I'll answer the latter question first <laughs> okay. uh, because the other one's probably a longer story so um I've interviewed some pretty famous people uh it's hard to know which is the most famous because like truly they that they're, yeah they're they're all pretty on par with one another depending on what um, generation you're from and whatnot. But I would say that um, the one that really stood out to me, there's probably two, was Cher. Um, so I met Cher and I can't remember if I was in Paris or London, but I was living in London at the time and I was working as the UK correspondent for the project on Channel 10. And, you know, it was like my this dream coming true. I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm going to meet Cher. Like what the Anyway, and then uh, by this point, I'd done this for a really long time, and and I really just see celebrities as people. That's what they are, and um, I was always very um, determined and quite clever. I would say at the way I broached the questions, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of red tape. You you can't just go in and be like, "Hey, share like what's going on with your you know your 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 daughter or your son or your your ex partner or your whatever you know you can't it has to be in relation to the film. So if you can frame it in um, an engaging way that's through the character that they're playing, then they can speak it speak to a personal element um, in in relation to that. Um, and so over time, I just got quite good at that and I also found that a lot of journalists were really lazy and they just roll in and ask the same old crap over and over again and these people have been sat there for literally hours or, you know, if not days um, and so you want to get this spark in, in their eyes. And, um, yeah, it was really great to speak to her. It was for the film Mamma Mia 2, I think it was, um, and so there was just an array of other very famous people that I um, – Pierce Brosnan was there mm. as well. Um, uh, Amanda, uh, what's her name? I can't remember, but <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. Um, but she was just so graceful mm. and gorgeous, and just like she just looked banging, and she was just so beautiful and kind, and and really um, great. Graceful is the word that that stands out the most. Um, so yeah, that was her. And then the other really cool one was, um, Harrison Ford, who he's, he was an interesting guy. I mean, <laughs> I'm, yeah, we were in Berlin. It was for, oh, what's the film? I can't even remember. It was like, um, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2 or whatever. Okay. Right. And so it was, um, Ryan Gosling, no, no, Ryan Reynolds? Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I interviewed both of them. So Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) I always get them confused as well. Which (laughs) Ryan are you? Um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so it was Ryan uh, Reynolds and Harrison Ford and they were like up to no good together. Like they were just like in this really mischievous mood. I could not get a word in I just sat there being like it was one of my first ones and I was like um guys like I'm the one who's in control here and it was like (laughs) and they're just like ignoring me and just having a really funny time together um but yeah it was really great fun really great fun so
0: when you've you've met all these people what have been some of the common things you've noticed that is not key to their success necessarily but you know you said Cher was really graceful and Harrison and Ryan, up to no good. What have been some of the common themes you've noticed across them, say compared to someone that's not at that level or that is, a, is not as successful or maybe is not enjoying themselves as much? What have you noticed?
1: <sighs> it's very hard to know. Mm. I'm in there for literally minutes. I would be very lucky to be in the room with them more than five minutes and I'm talking from entering the door, Walking in, sitting down, giving some cameraman my disc, my cards, right, to, to record. Then it's like, you know, then you're getting from the producers around you um the, the 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 role, like where action kind of thing. And then they are literally minute by minute um timing you, and you have someone in the corner. Um, letting you know where you're at with that and the time flies. So I can't say that I, I got to know them enough, but what I do know is that, um, you know, they are there to promote a film. It's a part of their job. Um, but they're real people, they're real people and everyone likes to laugh, I find you know like i mean you know obviously there's like exceptions to that rule but most people really like to laugh and so coming in on that human angle and just being like a genuine professional and genuine person who just wants to cultivate some sort of a connection and it's not about um, their fame or it's not about sort of those other like on the surface type topics they they're they're there for it they're like, yeah, cool. Like they want to talk shit. They're like, oh my god, you like chamomile tea? <laughs> so do I, or whatever. You yeah, know, it's yeah. that connective piece. That they, they're really just they're just normal people. Yeah. So it wasn't like the big exciting stuff that I would connect with them on. It would be just like the, oh, you're you're from Australia? Oh man, I went to the Gold Coast and I surfed. Yeah. I love it there. I love Aussies. Um, so that was always a really cool thread.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So let's follow a different thread then. Great, right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> because you you now live quite a different life to what you're doing. Can you, and like this podcast is called Another Way, it's all about how did you find another way, where, how do we find other ways and eventually it feels like at some point you must have chosen another way and you must have chosen that the big Paris Berlin a, A-list Hollywood style lifestyle wasn't for you, mm-hmm. good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where, where did it? Where did it change, and and how did it change? What's been the journey mm-hmm. to now?
1: So I I was living in London for four years, and even though I was doing these really cool things, um, I had a, I a couple of other really cool gigs happening simultaneously to to this one, um, but there was a deep, deep sense of just sadness, um, like unfulfillment, and I would wake up crying very often. And I just didn't understand. I didn't understand myself. I didn't understand what I was, where I was really going. And there was this, yeah, like I said, this missing piece of fulfillment. Um, and I had a couple of strange, like fleeting opportunities to be a part of groups that were teaching other people how to be like TV presenters. And back then reels weren't even, they didn't even exist. Like I we, you know, it wasn't even a thing. Um, Instagram stories weren't a thing. I had a YouTube uh, show that I created, um, but while I was living in London, it was like just living in this hurricane, this vortex of like just trying to get ahead. And so a passion project wasn't something that I was necessarily um, focusing on, but I had a couple of little signs that at the time I didn't realize were signs um, around the education space. But I also did not know where to begin with it. It felt way too overwhelming and I did not have the self-assurance to be like positioning myself um, where I would be saying, hey, like come to me, I can help you with this thing. I just didn't – I just knew what I knew. I didn't know how to translate into something educational. And so then um, I had a couple of little things, um, opportunities come – Um, and then I actually pitched to a a very successful friend who has um, a social media business in the UK and I said to her, hey, look, maybe I can offer like helping some of your clients with um, their on-camera skills and she said no because it just wasn't in alignment with her vision and I took that as a this isn't a good idea and at that point in time I didn't have, again, the self-assurance to go, well, that just wasn't the right fit. So once again I like let it go. And then it really was life just forcing me in a sense. Um, My life came to like this precipice, this pinnacle of a lot of – a multitude of difficult things happening all at one time, one of which was the beginning of COVID. And so I moved from London back to Australia, which I didn't really wanna do and I thought was going to be a short-term thing um, and ended up being like, you know, the next couple of years of my life. And it was really um, a moment of like, well, you're out of work, you've lost all your jobs from the UK overnight. What are you gonna do about it? And it did take a little bit of time, but I just started sitting there at night thinking about like, well, if I was to teach this, like, how would I do it? And I started to put together this very basic, well, what I, you know, at the time it was great, but what I look at now, very, very basic in comparison to what I teach now framework of a four week, like little program that I created. And it was called Porn Present Online Right Now. (laughs) Nice. And I was like, I'm not going to show my mum this because she's going to freak out, <laughs> thinking yeah. I'm doing porn. Um, but
0: um, wow, she really uh, went a different way there. Yeah, didn't yeah, she? yeah I know. She's like, what is, you know what? I
1: pay for this education. No, 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 no. No judgment or anything. It's just it wasn't that. You know, obviously that wasn't my path. Um, but yeah, I thought, oh, that's like a provocative, pol- polarizing, um, you know, title for a, a program. Anyway, I got f- like four or five people in it, and I ran this thing. And it was kind of like um uh what do you call it like when you in 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 the car when you like break down it's like a oh gosh what's the what's the word um a false start a false start it okay. was a false start like when you're
0: trying to learn to drive a manual car yeah
1: yeah which Just I also did hopping. during COVID yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I had like I, like I I got going and yeah. then I kind of like freaked out. And I was like, ah, I can't charge people for my services. Like what even are my services? And I kind of had this little fault start. And then I was like, no, 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 you're going to do this and you're going to do it properly. And it wasn't until there was a financial investment. And that's just the truth. That's just, that's just my story. Um, once I financially invested in a bit, an online business course with a, a coach who to this day, I, I, his name's Kamal Simon. Um, and Kamal just saw something in me that I at the time couldn't see in myself and he just gave me the confidence and just said just commit to this for a year just go for it like you you've got you've got all the things it will come together um I didn't quite have the full vision but I I knew that I had the potential and that's when I in 2021 got the first uh version of confidence on camera out moved to Bali three weeks later had no other means of income had to make it work and, you know, I've been going ever since. So
0: so what changed when you committed and, and how did you make that choice?
1: I really got logical. Like I looked at my life and I looked at the likelihood of me doing what I truly wanted to do at that time, which was I wanted to be like a big TV host on an entertainment channel. I wanted to, you know, continue interviewing celebrities. Um, you know, I wanted to be the host of my own show, like, Kind of like, you know, Oprah Winfrey Winfrey was one of my, you know, big icons, you know. Um, and I just looked at it and I thought, I gone are really the days of where you're a TV presenter, just because you're a TV presenter. Now it's like, oh, this person specializes in this field or that field, or it has a niche or whatever. And I just thought I've always been really good with working with people and seeing things that they can't see in themselves. And I just thought I get a thrill out of this. And I followed that. It was like this vibration in the the deepest part of my my stomach and also my soul. And that was was the driving force. I was like, this feels really good. Like I I get so much out of this. It's like full reciprocity in the process. And then slowly when people started actually implementing the things that I would suggest and it would work, I was like, whoa, okay, like this is actually, this is working. And and that's the, the, for me, that's been my experience. It's like, you know, you've got to take the leap and then you start to see the results coming in and then you're like, oh, okay, this actually works. And then it's just like building that more and more and then adding more systems but not getting too caught up in, oh, my gosh, I need all of the things to kick this off. It's like, no, I really didn't. I didn't even have a website until like four months ago.
0: Mm. I feel like what you said around the body, naturally that's where I go with this but it's so important because there's that feeling of it feels really good and then almost the what I've witnessed with people as well and including myself is I can't trust how good this feels, mm-hmm. like it feels too good. Mm-hmm. Um, is my work allowed to be this fulfilling? Am I allowed to experience this much pleasure and joy and happiness and excitement? And like you said, I think it's, it's really, it's the universe within ourselves lighting up the path for us mm-hmm. and going, no, no, not that way. Like whatever's glistening, this little glistening thing over here, this is the way to go. And then trusting that. But it can be physically quiet uncomfortable and I think can feel quite unsafe to start with.
1: Totally. Um, I call them glimmers, mm. these glimmering moments where you're like, wow, I'm really at peace and I feel on purpose. But then you haven't seen the evidence yet to, like you said, to back up this con- this idea of like, oh, that could be my future. And so you're sort of just stumbling your way through the dark. Um, and that is what it is for everyone. I think like, uh, certainly in the beginning, I think people think, like, oh, it, the, you know, it'll, this like plan will just present itself. And it's kind of like, nah, it doesn't really, it's all just a bit of a mess um, until the clarity um, is, is formed or created or. Um, but yeah, I think that something that I've had to really um, get comfortable with is being uncomfortable. And, regulating my own nervous system. So it's like, okay, there's things going on around me that I'm not familiar with. I'm creating these new beliefs, these neurological pathways, uh, the new um, ways of doing things, new habits. Um, Yeah. Just new ways of thinking and being like literally up leveling as an individual. And so if I continue doing what I have been doing, then nothing will change. And so it, it is that full knowing that for something else to happen, you know, the actions in my life must change and there's going to be a sense of uncomfortability in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I feel uh, it's like, it's like sailing a ship or I don't know what the technical term, I'm not a sailor, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, riding, driving <laughs> a ship and I'm like, yeah. you don't really drive ships. Anyway, it's like when you first leave, when you're first learning to sail this new boat, you're not going in the Sydney to Hobart race. If you did that, you're probably going to die or be in serious danger. And it's also going to be dangerous to everyone else involved. Yeah. So if you're starting out with, let's say, use Sydney as an example. Let's say you're starting out, you're in the CBD and you go, oh, I want to sail this boat out and go and try my own business. Mm-hmm. Like go maybe just rent like a little small catamaran first mm-hmm. and, and, get someone on board that that knows how to, do you know catamarans? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs>
1: start with a dinghy.
0: Yeah, start with a the dinghy, then a catamaran, and but bring someone with you that knows how to sail the boat as well. Yes. Don't just go out by yourself and then get stuck in the middle of Sydney Harbour and wonder why it's not working. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, you go out to sea, you get comfortable being away from the shore, you come back to port, maybe you get a bigger boat, and eventually you can go across the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm and or you just go to Bali like you did you know <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> either or
0: yeah we're just trying to extend the metaphor as far as possible yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I feel like it, it is like it is that and I, like, I love a good metaphor <laughs> and you've you've been witness to this in me as well of, of going trying to go too far too fast yeah and then f- like having a nervous system freak out and it's like well, well no wonder you're trying to I was about to go, you're trying to get to the top of Everest and you haven't even done training. You haven't even trained. You haven't acclimatized. Like let's, sorry for introducing another metaphor, but it's about right. (laughs) I'm about to back up this one with another one. So you hold on. What have you got?
1: (laughs) You finish yours first.
0: (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say there's like, there's, it's important to, to also recognize and go, okay, if I want to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. Great. That's, that's a big achievement to, Mm -hmm. to climb it. And you know, take your time, Yeah, exactly. take your time and enjoy the process uh-huh. because the irony, and this is the irony of this whole life journey and you see, I haven't been to the top of Everest, mm-hmm. but you you see the photos, you get to the top of Everest and what else is there? There's more mountains. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, it's, I guess I just go back down. And like, do I climb this again? Do I, <laughs> there's like, there's just more mountains. Yeah, so yeah. I think the thing I've learned with this as well is, make it mean something, take your time with it and then enjoy the enjoy the process. Yeah. And And it's so simple to say it but I feel like we have to kind of go through the journey ourselves until we go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm here now, I'm just here for the journey and when I get to the top, it's going to be really fun and then i just go to the next thing.
1: Absolutely. It is literally the commitment to the process and success is a consequence of that process. Um, and for me, the process has been – I mean there's so many different processes which one do we want to go into but um, introducing another metaphor, it's like jumping on a trampoline, right? Like when you first get on the trampoline, you know how like you first get on and you don't have that much – you don't have much – momentum yet but there is a little bit of like there's not that much elasticity in the in the trampoline and initially like your your feet kind of buckle and then over time the elasticity um sort of deepens and stretches um and not only that it means that you're going higher so the thrill is higher but you're going deeper and and when I say that I'm really referring to like within yourself because intrinsically this experience like I have never in my life experienced so much deep work being required from me and also just like as a byproduct of the process due to me um, putting myself out there and really committing to this to this business and and growing and learning so I can better myself as a coach so that I then have the tools and the skills um, and the knowledge to pass on to others. But it has been a deepening. I mean I have been going in in the past 12 months to the exile lands of my psyche and so with that depth comes, you know, the, the potential for success as well but like I said, that is the byproduct of the commitment to the process and so it's this, yeah, really interesting process to be going through because it's like exciting but painful all at the same time and I think your willingness as an individual to just like honestly like let it all happen and be like, cool, like this is it. Like when things are going wrong, which things often go wrong, like it, they, they just do because, you know, it's a new path and you're just trying to work it all out. And, and as you're going through that, you're like you, you judge it in the moment well this is I, I won't tell you I have judged it um in in that process being like why is this happening or I'm not doing it right or you know like just kind of judging and looking at it from you know this yeah just a judgmental part part of myself rather than just going no 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 this is your path like this this is what it is for you mm. and there is this this beautiful moment where you go, oh, okay, like I can just be in this and not have to change it. Um, That's kind Mm of, um, yeah, really fulfilling in its own own respect.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. And you've worked with so many different people now and watched their journey quite intimately and you've also got this really interesting perspective in that you get to see the inner world through the programs you're running and then you get to also see the social media mm-hmm. side and you get to almost cross reference mm-hmm. and check and see and, and work with someone in that way. What have, you, what have you noticed along the way working with people that has helped people unlock something in themselves to show up more authentically online or bring more of their true self and, and like start to trust themselves with how they're showing up?
1: Oh man. Um, great question because it's such an incredible metamorphosis to watch because that's truly what it is um, and what, what, what I find happens is that people can become, and this is definitely for the entry-level people, probably not for the show up, glow up um, clan, but uh, for the people that enter confidence on camera, there is resistance to doing that first video and getting it out and I I try my best to explain the necessity of getting that video out, um, and they they don't really fully understand because once that first video is out, some something happens, like there is there is a there is a um, a reaction um, due to that video being put out, and really what happens is people are engaging with it. There is a feeling of accomplishment. Um, there might even be a sense of um, judgment, like self-judgment, um, but m- more so I, I find that people get to a point where they're like, I am just so sick of my own shit. <laughs> I'm just so sick of talking about this thing. I keep saying, I'm like, I've literally joined a program that's about this and once they actually jump off the cliff and, and put that first video out there, it isn't, it isn't about – explaining it anymore. It's about feeling the feelings of being seen and being vulnerable and and, and showing up. And from there, it's kind of like oh, there's a, a momentum that is is built off of the back of that. And I've had people have insane results very very quickly. Then I've had some people who have really taken their time, but Overall, the feedback is like, whoa, like I did not know how deep I was going to go into myself. It's not really about filming the video. It's about how I feel about myself and that relationship. So did that answer that question? Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 that was great. And, I, and like, you know, we, we navigated this together last year because I think as I started to put out different things, it's no stranger, if you probably listened to this podcast, you've probably seen how my social media has changed as well. Mm-hmm. And it was such a wrestle Yeah, between I've got this stuff I want to talk about, I'm now allowed to talk about it because I'm my own you know, free agent so to speak. How do I talk about it in a way that's palatable but also how do I just share it and then like also being with the parts of me that resent that I haven't been my authentic self, resent people around me, resent myself and yeah. and then okay, well, let's just – let that settle before we then start putting stuff out so it doesn't come from that space mm-hmm. and then you know honestly getting getting feedback and reflections from friends and family and partners and stuff that, that didn't like what i was putting out and then questioning myself am i am i doing this right should i be doing this at all maybe it's just better just to go back to the way things were and i got to the same point you did which was there's there's a point where i just I, not doing this is more painful than doing this and yeah. screwing it up or yeah. getting feedback or losing people in my life. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing I've learned is there's always going to be judgment. Yeah. It's actually, it's letting go of the judgment that I have to myself and being in that journey. And it's also just totally letting go of the judgment that anyone has towards me as well. And just trying to, you taught me this really well is trying to drop into my body before I start sharing content, Mm -hmm. you know, allowing the times when I have shared content where I've gone back and gone, I regret that. But the times when, I was just trying to get it out of my system and totally. like from body to phone, it was like immediate. Yeah. And then invariably I didn't think it through or mm-hmm. it didn't come from the right place. Mm-hmm. And then I've had to clean up that mess.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: So yeah. you've done a lot of work around the nervous system work mm-hmm. as well. And like for me, when I start recording a video nervous systems, like we're on camera, mm-hmm. H- how do you, how have you learned? And like, what's the best way for people to actually slow down, drop into mm-hmm. their bodies and, Communicate from a place that feels more authentic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, like you said, yeah, the, the judgment is, is inevitable in a sense. So once you kind of like come to terms with that, then it's like, cool, what do I have control of? Um, regulating the nervous system or, you know, nervous system regulation is, um, I'm obsessed. I am literally obsessed with this work. It has, it was like the missing piece of the puzzle for me. With all the work that I've done, personal development, just all, all the different modalities and 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 paths and resources that I've had and gone down and work I've done, that the nervous system work has really just brought it all together, and I call it um, a pre-production glow up. So it's like, you know, how am I going to get myself into the state? energy state that I'm required for this particular thing. Because sometimes um, I talk about topics that aren't, you know, a joke or funny, they're like actually quite serious. So I'm not necessarily wanting to amp myself up where I'm going to be all like really energised. I actually want to shift myself into a calmer state or maybe I'm feeling really um, overwhelmed and nervous for some reason and that might be, you know, before an interview or something like that and it's like, well, where, where do I want to be? in that spectrum. And so it's about, you know, regulating your nervous system in a variety of different ways. And this is a lot easier than people think. Like, yeah, cool, all right, like I'm gonna regulate my nervous system. Like what what the hell does that even entail? Well, it can be very simple somatic um, exercises that you only really need to do for a couple of minutes, but it's about creating the interception between, what's going on in inside of your body. It's more effective. It's 80% more effective to tackle it body on than it is to tackle it head on because that's the way the nervous system works. The nervous system nerves go upward, um, bottom up. So it's like, let's tackle this in the body rather than trying to think our way out of it. Mm. 20% of the time we'll be able to think our way out, out of it effectively, but 80% of the time it's it's really using these um, these exercises to to shift the energy state. And then once you start to feel what it feels like to be regulated and what happened for me was I was like, I'm barely ever regulated. No wonder so many things in my life have gone wrong. <laughs> like you know, communication with people, relationships, situations. Like it's, it, it, and, and it's so liberating to be like, oh, it's not because I'm just crazy. It's just that my body didn't know what it felt like to be safe. My body didn't know what it felt like to be regulated. And now I get to give it that love and give it that attention that it des- deserves. Um, and so this is a fundamentally crucial part of my daily routine. I do not do anything until I've tended to myself first through nervous system regulation, through some spirituality practices, through stretching and yeah, I mean I totally have gone off topic but the point is is that before you film a video I recommend that you regulate your nervous system and um, have a general plan of, of what you're going to talk about and really it's about getting yourself into a state that's going to be Uh, relevant for the thing that you're shooting. Mm. Yeah, I love that. This this is like life stuff.
0: I know, it is, isn't it? Right? like It's like
1: whether the camera's there or not, it's really irrelevant. Mm. Like you are going to be capable of doing anything. You know, the possibilities are infinite in business, in your life, in your relationships, in your intimate connections, in whatever way you see fit online if – You're tending to your nervous system.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting the mind body relationship piece as well, because, you know, the cricket's on at the moment, the tennis is on at the moment, I've been watching both. And <laughs> typical guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: At the same time. <laughs> At the same
0: time, if possible. Uh, it was definitely flicking between channels last night. Yeah, yeah. And uh it was interesting noticing so with the tennis, they were talking about um just the idea of how important it is for a tennis player to be able to reset their nervous system in between points and being able to have a short term memory mm. and forget what happened. And then I flicked oh, across yes. to the cricket. This is life. This is this is why men should watch more sport. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. Frame it that way.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and so then I flicked across to the cricket, and it was they were Ricky Ponting was making exactly the same point. Mm. It's really useful when a when a test batsman has a short memory because they just have to reset and then um, his words, not mine, be one hundred percent committed to the next ball. Yes. It can't be ninety five percent. Yeah. Because that five percent is going to mean that you get out or something, and. I just loved that in terms of what we're talking about as well because I feel like, you know, you talked about not realizing how much your nervous system was dysregulated and me the same to an extent but I think more of what I've noticed is how much I haven't been fully committed to things Mm. and what it feels like to actually be a full 100% yes and committed because when you're all in, well then you can lose and you can get hurt and like Every, there's, it's like the most vulnerable choice to make.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> you got any any bits of gold around how to commit and go all in with this stuff?
1: Uh, how to do that? Yeah. Um. Wow. Well,
0: I know I'm putting you on the spot with this one, but no,
1: well, I mean, no, I I think that you can you can live a life where you are feeding and strengthening. This self-serving or, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy around the way things have been. Or you can do the vulnerable thing and decide that you you can you can you get to change that. And there is this point in well, my life, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but like where this unshakable commitment to giving my all is really at the forefront and that's in so many different areas of my life you know like I want devotion in connection I want devotion in my you know in my relationship with with me I want devotion with my work that I want to go all in I mean like that is all in right and holy crap is that scary because the stakes are so high because it could all turn to complete shit. But like, that's just how I operate. Like I have this level of intensity and I have this level of like, I guess it's a desire to feel all of the things in life to really experience. And with that comes feeling a full spectrum of things. So like, yeah, you can keep serving that self-fulfilling prophecy. You can, sure. And you can play it safe, you can. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that like, in my line of work, based on what I've discovered, uh, it, it's this devotion thing, um, and that's they're the realms that I'm playing in now. Like that's where I'm at. That's where I'm vibrating. I'm hanging out there. <laughs> <laughs> devotion. And, and is Does- it fucking lonely at times? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do have I been moving through an immense amount of grief, um, and pain, and sort of suffering at, at points? Yes. It's like a dark. Deep journey, like I was saying about those exile lands. Um, It's business, it's connection, it's relationships, it's like my relationship to my past, it's hereditary, it's my nervous system. But far out, like it's the most iconic experience ever to be on. Um, And I just wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Love how you got iconic and any other way into the same sentence. (laughs) <laughs> For those playing on the home, I'm very iconic, good at what I do, I'm a very, very,
1: very talented individual. I know you are. That was, that was not great. my I was, mistake.
0: I was just watching a master at work in that moment. It was great. <laughs> Up close.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: I saw. I saw. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the. I was just conducting that whole thing there. You were there. just conducting
0: yeah. it. It was great. Uh, front row seats. So you've talked about um, like you taught me the storyteller's mindset and that framework. Can you like I kind of want to give people listening a bit of a chance to understand just some practical steps. Can you take us through the practical? What are you laughing at now? I'm
1: laughing because I, I went so deep and now you're like, all right, let's write it back. Let's talk about the practical stuff. I'm like, oh, what? You know oh, what I, we, I mean, about? we
0: can keep going deep. I, I no, love no, the, no, deep, no. the deep stuff. but I,
1: Practical is totally that's, necessary. And that's what I
0: want. I want, like, I want people to walk away from this conversation because they can feel you're an incredible person and you've traversed a lot. But I also want them to feel like just... Some of the simple steps you've got—that's like just do this, yeah. because so much of it, the learning is in the doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. But also having the steps helps. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, I want to know all about the Shadowlands and like what you found and what happened. Mm. Um, which right, which way? Which way do you want to go?
1: No, no, no. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you're you're the you're you're running the show.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 yes, I am, people. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, let's 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 okay, let's go Shadowlands and then just for those of us listening, we're gonna finish with the tips.
1: Okay, great. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what what's been the hardest thing you've had to traverse and navigate as a result of choosing another way and choosing to start your own business and choosing to go all in on yourself and choosing to be in devotion to life per se? What's been the the hardest part you've had to move through?
1: Hmm, yeah. Um, so there's this film called Heather. It's got Winona Ryder in it. It's like a 90s, 80s film. And she she kills her best friend in the film. And um, she's standing there and she says, I've just killed my best friend. And then there's like another person in the room Um, with her, like another friend who's witnessed her do this and, she's, and and he says to her, and your worst enemy. And she says, same difference. And I, I bring that up because I was, and I'm not I'm not being a victim here or anything, I, I just, I experienced bullying, like quite hardcore bullying at school. And so what I did was I thought, okay, to avoid, and this is, you know, a, a, a young person um, just trying to, make it work, right? Just wants to be included, it was just trying to get through school, I guess. And so what I what I came to realize was like, okay, the 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 more I can just not be me, the better, the easier it all becomes. And so I like completely like dissociated I guess from like my true essence. And my whole journey has been coming back to and accepting and trusting myself and and others around me so that I can flourish. Um, And I think that, yeah, it's been the inner work from my my, my childhood and teenage years that I've needed to really look at. Um, That's ultimately been the, the hardest work. It's not really been about business. It's been about how I feel about myself, how I'm showing up in the world and how I feel about what's going on around me. And just really deciphering what is in my control and what's not, what's my responsibility, and fully owning it. Um, and that's where the nervous system regulation work comes in. That's where the um, you know, I mean, you know, parts work in a child, you know, in a child work. I also had this really massive download the other day. That so I I had a quite a severe eating disorder in my 20s completely in denial of it. I like this is this is where I was at at that stage, right? I just don't know that there was very much awareness. I just like put that in a little box and that was my secret. That was the thing that I did to, to feel better about just operating in the world. Um and I did cognitive behavioral therapy. And I remember in like the the last year of this um, phase of my life, getting through this eating disorder, I was so low. It was, it's one of the most awful things to experience. I just could not see a way out of this thing. And, you know, I was sort of in my mid twenties when this was happening. And when I came out of it and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in remission or I'm a recovered, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't have an eating disorder anymore. And that was when I really realized I can change how I'm thinking and what I'm doing. That was the first like really, really like next level, hardcore, difficult thing that I rewired. And once I did that, that is when all of the um, self-development work started because I just did not realise that I would be capable of literally changing such a a deep behavioural pattern and looking at the core wounding of my experience and after that I was like okay I I can I can actually do what I what I want um it's not going to be easy but once I had that piece of evidence of like you you like got out of that and it was it was bad it went for years and years and years so yeah it's been that work Mm. everything else becomes a lot easier when you're, you're you've actually dealt with what's going on beneath the surface, I think.
0: What triggered for you addressing that?
1: I was just, I was in so much pain. Like, and, and it wasn't, it was just like, it was like emotional pain. I would wake up in the morning and start to panic because you can't live without food, you know. It's not the same as... Um, other sort of like mental illnesses or addictions or whatever it's like it was the first thing on my mind it was the last thing on my mind which meant i was constantly thinking about it and it just literally felt like there was no way out i was so deep in this rabbit hole like it was it was it was so so deep um i just did not know how i was going to get out of it i was literally drowning
0: and what changed to for you to start taking steps to improve it?
1: Um, I was worried about what I was doing to my body. Um, I knew that there was something very wrong um, and I just thought to myself I cannot live like this forever and I noticed that there were a few people in my life that I'd seen who didn't address this issue and that was their identity and I did not want that to define me. Um, and I just knew that if I was going to do the things that I wanted to do in this life, which were, you know, some uh, hopefully some big things, I, I wasn't going to be able to do it trying to address this every single day. And then I had this incredible opportunity come to me, like literally, like I went to a doctor in the UK and I was so ashamed and I, I said, you know, I'm experiencing this um, eating disorder and he put me on to this woman who specialised in this field and she called me one day and she told me about this incredible cognitive behavioral therapy program and I loved the sound of it and then right at the end she said and it's in a group and I was like oh no 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 I'm not no 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 I'm not going to do this I'm not going to I'm not going to be a part of a group I'm too embarrassed and she was like I knew you were going to say that and that's why I've said this right at the end but the group learning is the thing that is really going to get you you know through this, it's the community and that is why I feel so passionate about group learning now because she was completely right, absolutely. This thing changed my life. I've, there is absolutely no way I'd be doing what I'm doing now if I had not done that CBT, pretty heavy stuff. but um, Yeah,
0: no, I think it's important and I think, you know, sometimes we unfortunately as humans I I'm still trying to understand why this is but it's like we need to get to a place where we're in so much pain mm-hmm. that we don't have another choice and we finally have to address what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that pain ends up becoming this this catalyst, this fuel for just going, I can't keep going this way. No. And if I keep going this way, I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to do something else to harm the people around me or just not be happy. And it's like it's so interesting how it can all build towards just these really acute moments mm-hmm. as well where all of a sudden we kind of wake up and we look around, or we get that one phone call, we get that one offer, we do that one program, and I think that like my journey with mental health, which I haven't shared much about, but was very dark last year as well, was there's a, there's a process through through my journey where it was this belief of nothing's going to change ever. I'm just I'm just stuck here now. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of disbelief that I feel forms for people when we're in that space. And what I'm trying to understand is when you're in that space, when you're in that deep, dark hole, what is it that gives us that glimmer of hope? Mm. What is it that is that just one little ember in the fire that we see or we find and we go, I'm, I'm going to believe in that mm. and then that, that healing journey starts?
1: Mm. I think it's different for everyone I, I would assume. But for me, I've just always had this knowing. I've had this knowing that like and just based on <laughs> the things that uh, I, I speak to my mom and she's like you know you should write a book like it's <laughs> so cute um but i i just seem to have wild experiences um my life there's never a dull moment i'm attracted to adventure i'm i'm attracted to taking risks i like the idea of living on the edge and expanding myself. I love change. I'm a deeply passionate person and I just knew, it, it, it's a feeling, I just knew I am not accessing this. Like This, get, this can be so much broader and deeper. I've, I've got to make a different choice or I've got to at least try. I think that anyone who's attracted to this kind of work must have some sort of feeling within them like, oh, I can I could do that. Like, oh, that that seems, it's like a, it's attractive, there's something about it.
0: I feel like if you're listening and something is twigging in you. Yeah. like And I, I feel like you've been on this journey but, you know, every early days there's like resistance that comes up. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 like I just want to keep going this way. It's all fine. Everything's good. And like, sure, if you want to keep doing that, go for it. But there's some deep part of us that's listening and that's, that's trying to trying to talk to us. And my wondering is, you know, if, if that's you, how, how much longer can you not listen to that voice yeah. and ignore it? And what would it feel like to start giving it some air as well and to follow it? And when you, when you start this, when you say yes to the call to adventure, that you're not given a map or like directions. You're literally just following your gut, your intuition, whatever other things are coming into your space and then working it out along the way. Um, so it's not that I think the big difference between the two paths we're talking about is one is really known and structured and it's been done before and it makes sense, makes sense. It's logical. It's from the mind. The other is path of magic and newness and uniqueness and it's both liberating and so freeing because there's so much possibility and at the same time it's terrifying mm-hmm. because there's so much possibility and you know going back to the ship metaphor or boat yacht metaphor we had <laughs> earlier
1: <laughs> catamaran catamaran,
0: <laughs> dinghy <laughs>
1: yeah
0: you know you you all you can do without the map is rely on the tools you have. And so I think what I've loved about the chat about nervous system regulation work as well and some of the other things is it's just having these extra tools to be able to navigate stormy seas. Yep. And then also recognizing maybe don't go into a stormy sea if you haven't got the tools. Like take your time or get the right help and, you know, trust trust the process and commit
1: to the process. Yeah, exactly. And I think that storytelling is that cathartic process and I often you know when, when because people sort of say like oh I just don't know like what am I going to talk about like how do I I'm not that interesting or whatever it's like well firstly we have a problem because you don't see yourself as a storyteller and not mo- uh, most like a lot of us don't actually um, I mean some people just are born with it you know and then we compare ourselves to people like that, we're like, oh, I'm not so-and-so. You know, we all know, we all, we all have a friend or someone in our lives who just owns that space, just oozes this confidence, um, this charisma, right? And then it's like, well, I'm not that, so that means that I'm not made for that thing. And I was thinking about comparison and I thought, well, like, comparison is like literal pollution. When we're comparing ourselves to anyone else, we're we're creating pollution within our minds and in our in our bodies. Comparison to ourselves yesterday is personal development. That is the the deep work. So it is not about I need to be like that person so that I can be you know can I can fulfill this role or whatever it might be. It's just finding your own voice and your own path, and then cathartically reflecting on all of the stormy seas and all of the glimmers and all of the experiences that you've had in your life that position you in an authoritative way. And that's how you demonstrate your value. By doing that, not only are you creating like content, you know, just to go back to a like a content perspective, but you're actually, you know, reflecting on your own life and, and leveling up as a human. I call it um, neurotic catharsis.
0: That's quite a phrase.
1: Yeah. Because it's kind of what it is, you know. Yeah. If I reflect on all of the all of the work that I've done on myself, I've been looking at my own neuroses, and then I've been cathartically um, reflecting on it, and then I find these little these little nuggets, these little threads, and then I, I I share them with people, and I build connection with them. In turn, I build trust with them, and then once I've built that trust with them. And that relatability, people want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Pretty so that's that's pretty a step simple, by really. step process yeah. that do, you will after. <laughs> there you go, I'm giving it to you.
0: So, how do you, how do you, I guess, choose to be a storyteller? You know, what's that? Feels like it's the first step. How do you actually? Mm. What's in the way of, of people not feeling like there's a storyteller and how do you actually make that choice?
1: Yeah. So a lot of us feel like um, a storyteller is like an, uh, a grey-haired, bearded man standing around or sitting around a fireplace um, in, in the middle of winter and that's actually not the case. You know, the way that um, information has been um, shared over millennia is through stories in one way or another um, and so we're, we're, we're all storytellers. And that is really the basics of what the storyteller's mindset is. And this is something that I teach my clients. Um, The storyteller's mindset has a number of steps to it. But the first couple is, number one, is believe that you're a storyteller. Um, And so to believe that you're a storyteller, you need to demonstrate it in some way. So if I believe that I'm a storyteller, that means that I'd be telling stories. And so you start with these little little steps and so it's it's just about like getting the ball rolling in some small way that's why I was saying before about that that first video is is the most important coming up with with something that you think is valuable it doesn't necessarily need to be um some huge transformation that you've had in your life like the story I told you about the CBT it can simply be that you know um I had an experience today where I got some feedback, and I noticed that I, ch- you know, changed the way that I responded. You know, where did that come from? Why did I? Why did I choose another way? And that's a piece of content in itself. Well, that's it's not really about being a piece of content, but that's a story in itself. That's a mm. thread in itself. Mm. Mm. Um, and so, once you start to practice this, just like going to the gym, you you, you start to see these little little story threads everywhere in, in your life, and it just becomes. L- like the way it's—it's it's a mindset. It's the storyteller's mindset. It's the—it's a way of living. It's a way of being.
0: Mm. And I feel like it also requires a bit of a paradigm shift in the way you see the world, because at least in my experience, I feel like we very much err towards knowledge, rote uh, learning, academia as the way that we build authority and the way that we we build our knowledge base. Mm. But what you're talking about is you're learning through experience. You're learning through your life and you're capturing that into nuggets of wisdom or ways of being, principles, and then all you're doing is sharing it. And so Mm -hmm. within that, you've got authenticity, you've got integrity, um, you've got most likely confidence coming as part of that Mm -hmm. as well. And I feel like you've also got the vulnerability piece that comes Mm -hmm. in it, then makes people trust you more because Mm -hmm. they know you're not trying to tell them what to do. You haven't gone and read the book and you're trying to share the statistics. You're just going, today this happened and here's what I learned.
1: Yep the relatability piece and ultimately if we're looking at all of those things foundationally it's communication communication is a very very powerful tool i call communication the power tool it's like the ultimate power tool if i've been trained in media or i've been trained in a particular thing or i've gone and gotten that certificate or that whatever that's you know me with my tools in my you know like a like a hammer and I can chip away at it and I know how to do these things, but then the overarching thing that brings all of this together, the secret sauce is the communication because you can be the best at what you do, but if no one understands, if no one can see you, if no one can connect with you, if if you don't know how to tell them that in your own unique way, then it's pretty much useless. (laughs)
0: to cut to the chase yeah yeah thanks for your wisdom and also I feel like you know to sort of to wrap up what you were just saying you've I feel like you've just learned so much through your own journey and I know when I first heard your story it was very humbling to, to to hear more about what you've actually been through because from the outside I saw this really confident engaging charismatic woman and then I heard your story and I actually learned oh okay the reason you're coming from such a place of service is because of what, of what you have navigated. And that was, it's just been, that's the reason I trust what you say so much as well, because I know where it comes from. And I know that you're just so committed to your own process. And so it's like that nice feeling of when you catch up with a friend, you're like, all right, like, what have you got for me? Like, what's been going on? Give me the, give me the juicy goss. What have you been learning? What's been happening? And I feel like you embody that so beautifully.
1: Mm, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's um, a real commitment to something that I really struggled with, you know. I wasn't I, – I had like – my. I remember like I had people in my life and in my family think that I was quite shy when I was young. You know, that's probably not the – impression you get now, you know, um, but this has been like a arduous journey for me to move through this self-assurance piece. I feel like that's how I can connect with people because I just get it. I'm not like, Oh, like a lot of coaches and they're like, Oh, I've never really had that problem, but like, I'm going to teach you how to be this thing. And for me, like, that's fine. Like we've all got different, um, strengths uh, and weaknesses, but I just really connect to my clients because I've been there. Um, and it's not just this, I haven't, I wasn't just born this way, you know?
0: Mm, yeah. I feel like it, it's so important for us to be, to want to be our own customers mm-hmm. and go, would I buy this right now? Mm-hmm. Do I actually want this myself? Mm-hmm. Otherwise it can be you know somewhat performative and we're just sort of doing it because it feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, we're t- people listening. I uh, Hopefully they're on the edge of their seats. They're like, all right. I'm ready to take the leap. I'm ready to get the dinghy or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ready for the dinghy. Ready for
0: the dinghy. Yeah. Like, what? What's your advice to people that are ready to find another way, yeah. that are ready to show up, glow up, get confident on camera,
1: <laughs> you know, that want to be
0: iconic, <laughs> 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 be
1: pop the iconic. hero
0: of their own story, be a pop icon, mm-hmm. uh, that that want to be Julia Vogel, you know, <laughs> uh, well, their own version of it. Yeah. What, what's, what's, what would you say to people? that are ready to take the leap in this space? How, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, well, take the leap and take a step closer to themselves um, and embrace their own flaws, you know, and their own idiosyncrasies. That is the, the that's the key, that's the path. Um, and so I'm just a conduit for that experience. Um, and I I have a couple of things. So firstly, it's like, well, are you focusing on this in any way? You know, you don't have to necessarily work with me. You can just go, am, am I putting any thought into this? Am I actively avoiding it? Like that level of awareness first and foremost is the is the first step. Um, and then the second step is literally putting yourself in situations where you're going to practice this. It's the action that gets you better. A lot of people that I know are stuck in the over-analysis of it and want to get all their ducks in a row and figure it all out before they start doing, but this process can happen simultaneously. Um, I have actually something coming up. I'm not sure when this is going going to be out, but on February 10, I'm going to be running an in-person workshop called Be Seen, and this is an opportunity to come, you know, you're not necessarily prepared and just be in a space with people where you can start to talk about the thing that you do and start to cultivate this. Um, feeling of what it feels like in the body somatically to be um, to be seen, uh, and even before that, it's like using life as the stage. Right when we're in conversation, when we're in at a birthday party, when there is an opportunity to honour someone, um, whether it be on a Zoom call or running something that you know on online or whatever, it's like how often can you be putting yourself in these comfort zone stretching situations? where you've got to get better at communicating who you are and what you do and why it's of value to anyone. Um, And so, yeah, Be Seen is a really great um, space to do that, um, which will be held in Melbourne in the Brunswick area, um, February 10. And Mm. then the next step is is confidence on camera for people who are literally like entry level and they want to start cultivating these skills. Um, And then for people who are like really ready, who, like you at that point, um, who were like, cool, like I've got the foundations here, but now I really want to, I want to start that podcast. I want to be interviewed. I want to really, um, be sort of this, um, iconic persona. I want to be the a thought leader in my space. It's like really, really that next level of taking up space. Then, you know, we could talk about uh show up, glow up. So, and that's my, um, ad- advanced, or enhancement um, offer after um, confidence on camera. So that that's kind of like the the steps um, in my talk is cheap world. Um, but you know, first and foremost, it's like what are you avoiding? Can you start to use the use your life as the stage, and can you start to cultivate these um, conversations and communicate what you do in a one to one conversation? And just see how you're going. Like do you even know how to explain what you do? And looking at it from that perspective, yeah.
0: Love it. And this is going out next week so that will be in time. Last question also and then you have free reign to share any last bits you want as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to put this in here because we haven't spoken about it but these two things need to be mentioned. One, uh, Jules and I had the incredible chance to go to Burning Man together last year. There is nothing quite like finding – someone you know and love in a sea of 70,000 people in the desert and we had our last night together that went way into the morning and Mm -hmm. out in the (laughs) playa. That was incredible (laughs) after the year we'd had and then you started this year coming out of our New Year's Eve party and discovering that your Facebook account and the groups that you've created had all been deleted and have had to go on this big journey of uh, getting your content back, recovering your Facebook accounts, like can't even – Imagine and I remember you messaged me like, Matt, can you please go check? Yeah. And so like the reason I wanted to share that is because one, I guess the main thing I want to share is you're still going through this. It's not the initiations you're going through, are just getting bigger.
1: Does it ever end? <laughs> Does it ever end? <laughs> when
0: am I done? <laughs> uh, plot
1: twist. Plot twist. Nope.
0: <laughs> plot twist. Had a good New Year's in the bush with your friends? Oh, that's great. Um, your yeah. Facebook account's been hacked and you've lost everything. Yeah. What are you going to do now?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought, uh, yeah. I thought that last year was the initiation and the, the, the very slow and painful ego death um, that I feel like I experienced and I had the most beautiful um, New Year's. And then I had this funny feel. I have a very, very strong um, intuition and it speaks to me in so many different ways. And I came out of the, that weekend and I just had this feeling. I was like, I don't really feel like I want to come back to reality. Like we'd been offline for like five days. That's the longest I've been like without reception for a good while. Um, I mean even at Burning Man I found <laughs> people with Starlink and stuff just yeah. to – you know, connect, but um, I love being offline. Don't get me wrong. I just don't feel like it's something that I can do right now with where I'm at with things. Um, And the moment that I got reception, I realised, yeah, my Facebook had been hacked and that meant that all, anything that I'd ever posted ever had been pulled and that meant all of my groups, I wasn't, couldn't even access them anymore. Um, And then I had a very unfortunate circumstance happen with a hard drive that I had and it, it actually broke. And so when I thought, okay, cool, like all this has happened with the with the groups, so I'm just gonna, you know, check my hard drive and I realized that it had broken. And yeah, then that was like literally how I started the year. It was like, okay, cool. Now I have to deal. like I'm dealing with this. And I actually handled it pretty well. Um, I'm talking two years of work, literally hundreds of, hundreds of videos if, you know, uh, and, and, and hundreds and hundreds of hours of video um, educational content and whatnot. So, yeah, um, it, it was really hard. And, again, it was like if that happened to me maybe a year ago, I would have handled it very differently. But I just took it day by day and I kept my nervous system in check and I took um, the right steps and and took the right action to get um, to, to where I wanted to be, which was to have it um, – resolved um and I also came to terms with that it might I might it not may not end up with the result that I want um but I did I did get it back um and so I just discovered that a couple of days ago so yeah and so now I'm like Let's go! Like uh, confidence on Launches tomorrow. I'm like, you know, um, I'm really excited now. But um, it's so funny when you get back something that's your, that was originally yours. Yeah. You know, it's um, an interesting process. But yeah, I'm still, I'm still, you know, working out um, what the lesson is here. Um, one of which is have like four backups of your work. Um, and and maybe you know using. Um, certain platforms might you know really think about be intentional about what you're doing like why are you using that mm. modality or that platform how is it serving you how how isn't it um, yeah so that was certainly a huge thing to to um, start the year with mm.
0: yeah huge so as we wrap up mm. uh, 2024 mm-hmm. What is, what's the big theme for you this year and, and what are you wanting to create and build and, and what's what does it look like in the world? Like, mm. you know, can you share that with us? Yeah. What's your big vision?
1: <clears throat> so I've had some really clear messages coming through around this being uh, like this golden era of my life. Um, so many things have happened to kind of show show me that. And I really feel that I have been on a full self-love journey. Um, it was, you know, cliche as it sounds, but was fully necessary. And now I'm like cool. And now it's about um, impact, and it's about embodying this powerful version of myself and not being afraid of my own power. I I think I was like a little afraid of it. Now I'm like yeah. So we're going in. Um, and it's all about impact through grace. So that's sort of my motto for the year: creating as much impact as I can. And leading with grace scaling my business Um, I want to write a book which is you know personal development book which I've been um, talking about for a little while and I keep talking about so I'm making it real (laughs) Um, and yeah really creating um, an opportunity for more visibility for myself Um, I'd love to do more in-person events uh, more podcasts I'd like to be a guest on more podcasts. Like obviously I've got my own podcast, The Talk Is Cheap podcast, and then um, being a guest on other podcasts as well. And yeah, really just exposure, visibility, impact, um, leading with with grace, embodying that powerful, that power archetype. And yeah, like this is like the, I saw this great meme, I'm not sure if I can say this, but it was like last year, like 2023 was the foreplay, 2024. I'm fucking. <laughs> so
0: you could definitely say that on here.
1: <laughs> great, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm, I mean that. I mean that in more ways than one. Uh, uh, no, no, no. But seriously, like that—that—that that, that feels really um, aligned. So yeah, yeah. But um, now that I've overcome this whole issue with the with the Facebook and and my 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 work, I feel like I can actually get to business. Mm. I can get going with it all. So, yeah. So watch this space. It's going to be a really great year, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Hold on to your hats, people.
1: Yeehaw. <laughs>
0: Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say a massive thanks for coming on, um, for sharing your story, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing the laughs as well and also going to the depths. And it's such, a, a, it's such a privilege and pleasure for me to know you and to be able to be close to you and to to witness you and to share the things we have. and I don't know what's coming next, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, just want to say a big thanks.
1: Mm, thank you so much. I have uh, and I was saying this before, watching you in your own evolution has been so inspiring um, and obviously knowing you on a personal level and then also in like a work capacity as well. It's like, We all have our own stuff that we're trying to traverse or we're traversing, we're moving through. Um, We've all got our own little flavours and it's like you have time and time again shown up and committed to the process and you have reimagined all of your different attributes and the hats that you wear in different ways. And, you know, this podcast in itself is just and the incredible guests that you have on it, me included, um, is just an ode to that. It really is. So thank you for having me um, on. I, I'm yeah, grateful to be here.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Jules. Thanks for joining me and Jules for another episode of Another Way. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Um, if you want to connect with either of us, you know where to find us on Instagram in the show notes. Um, Jules has also got a few programs coming up which she mentioned so go check her out and connect with her and if you want to send some messages to me I'd so love to hear from you as always I've been getting lots of lovely feedback and I want to keep chatting to you guys and growing this podcast and hearing about the kind of topics you want me to explore the people you want me to speak to um, there's also still a chance to join book club I mean that's going to be a rolling invitation but we're kicking off and so if you want to get connected to book club it's totally free Uh, the link is in the show notes as well and yeah if you're looking for support around burnout, purpose, vitality, passion things in your life that you're struggling with, you can always reach out to me this is what I do, I work with people to reconnect themselves and to make choices that are aligned with their highest vision in life, so hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you again next time